Letter fifteen of the Borough by George Crabbe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter fifteen. Inhabitants of the Almshouse, Clelia. She early found herself mistress of herself. All she did was right. All she said was admired. Early, very early, did she dismiss blushes from her cheek. She could not blush because she could not doubt and silence whatever was her subject was as much a stranger to her as diffidence richardson quo fugit venus oi quove color decens quo mutus quid habes ilius ilius que spirabat amores quae me surpurat mihi horace odes her lively and pleasant manners her reading and decision her intercourse with different classes of society her kind of character the favoured lover her management of him his of her after one period clearly with an attorney her manner and situation there another such period when her fortunes still declines mistress of an inn a widow another such interval she becomes poor and infirm but still vain and frivolous the fallen vanity admitted into the house meets blaney we had a sprightly nymph in every town are some such sprites who wander up and down she had her useful arts and could contrive in time's despite to stay at twenty-five here will i rest move on thou lying year this is mine age and i will rest me here arch was her look and she had pleasant ways your good opinion of her heart to raise her speech was lively and with ease expressed and well she judged the tempers she addressed if some soft stripling had her keenness felt she knew the way to make his anger melt wit was allowed her though but few could bring direct example of a witty thing twas that gay pleasant smart engaging speech her bows admired and just within their reach not indiscreet perhaps but yet more free than prudish nymphs allow their wit to be novels and plays with poems old and new were all the books our nymph attended to yet from the press no treatise issued forth but she would speak precisely of its worth she with the london stage familiar grew and every actor's name and merit knew she told how this or that their part mistook and of the rival romeos gave the look of either house twas hers the strength to see then judge with candour drury lane for me what made this knowledge what this skill complete a fortnight's visit in whitechapel street her place in life was rich and poor between with those a favourite and with these a queen she could her parts assume and condescend to friends more humble while an humble friend and thus a welcome lively guess could pass threading her pleasant way from class to class her reputation that was like her wit and seemed her manner and her state to fit something there was what none presumed to say clouds lightly passing on a smiling day whispers and hints which went from ear to ear and mixed reports no judge on earth could clear but if each sex a friendly number pressed to joyous banquets this alluring guest 
there if indulging mirth and freed from awe if pleasing all and pleased with all she saw her speech was free and such as freely dwelt on the same feelings all around her felt or if some fond presuming favourite tried to come so near as once to be denied yet not with brow so stern or speech so nice but that he ventured on denial twice if these have been and so has scandal taught yet malice never found the proof she sought but then came one the loveless of his day rich proud and crafty handsome brave and gay yet loved he not those laboured plans and arts but left the business to the ladies hearts and when he found them in a proper train he thought all else superfluous and vain but in that training he was deeply taught and rarely failed of gaining all he sought he knew how far directly on to go how to recede and dally to and fro how to make all the passions his allies and when he saw them in contention rise to watch the wrought-up heart and conquer by surprise our heroine feared him not it was her part to make sure conquest of such gentle heart of one so mild and humble for she saw in henry's eye a love chastised by awe her thoughts of virtue were not all sublime nor virtuous all her thoughts twas now her time to bait each hook in every way to please and the rich prize with dexterous hand to seize she had no virgin terrors she could stray in all love's maze nor fear to lose her way nay could go near the precipice nor dread a failing caution or a giddy head she'd fix her eyes upon the roaring flood and dance upon the brink where danger stood twas nature all she judged in one so young to drop the eye and falter in the tongue to be about to take and then command his daring wish and only view the hand yes all was nature it became a maid of gentle soul to encourage love afraid he so unlike the confident and bold would fly in mute despair to find her cold the young and tender germ requires the sun to make it spread and must be smiled upon thus the kind virgin gentle means devised to gain a heart so fond a hand so prized more gentle still she grew to change her way would cause confusion danger and delay thus an increase of gentleness her mode she took a plain unvaried certain road and every hour believed success was near till there was nothing left to hope or fear it must be owned that in this strife of hearts man has advantage has superior arts the lover's aim is to the nymph unknown nor is she always certain of her own or has her fears nor these can so disguise but he who searches reads them in her eyes in the avenging frown in the regretting sighs these are his signals and he learns to steer the straighter course whenever they appear pass we ten years and what was clelia's fate at an attorney's board alert she sate not legal mistress he with other men once sought her hand but other views were then and when he knew he might the bliss command he other blessings sought without the hand for still he felt alive the lambent flame and offered her a home and home she came 
there though her higher friendships lived no more she loved to speak of what she shared before of the dear lucy heiress of the hall of good sir peter of their annual ball and the fair countess oh she loved them all the humbler clients of her friend would stare the knowing smile but neither cause her care she brought her spirits to her humble state and soothed with idle dreams her frowning fate ten summers passed and how was clelia then alas she suffered in this trying ten the pair had parted who to him attend must judge the nymph unfaithful to her friend but who on her would equal faith bestow would think him rash and surely she must know then as a matron clelia taught a school but nature gave not talents fit for rule yet now though marks of wasting years were seen some touch of sorrow some attack of spleen still there was life a spirit quick and gay and lively speech and elegant array the griffin's landlord these allured so far he made her mistress of his heart and bar he had no idle retrospective whim till she was his her deeds concerned not him so far was well but clelia thought not fit in all the griffin needed to submit gaily to dress and in the bar preside soothed the poor spirit of degraded pride but cooking waiting welcoming a crew of noisy guests were arts she never knew hence daily wars with temporary truce his vulgar insult and her keen abuse and as their spirits wasted in the strife both took the griffin's ready aid of life but she with greater prudence harry tried more powerful aid and in the trial died yet drew down vengeance in no distant time the insolvent griffin struck his wings sublime forth from her palace walked the ejected queen and showed to frowning fate a look serene gay spite of time though poor yet well attired kind without love and vain if not admired another term is past ten other years in various trials troubles views and fears of these some passed in small attempts at trade houses she kept for widowers lately made for now she said they'll miss the endearing friend and i'll be there the softened heart to bend and true a part was done as clelia planned the heart was softened but she missed the hand she wrote a novel and sir dennis said the dedication was the best he read but edgeworth smith's and radcliffe's so engrossed the public ear that all her pains were lost to keep a toy-shop was attempt the last there too she failed and schemes and hopes were past now friendless sick and old and wanting bread the first-born tears of fallen pride were shed true bitter tears and yet that wounded pride among the poor for poor distinctions sighed though now her tales were to her audience fit though loud her tones and vulgar grown her wit though now her dress but let me not explain the piteous patchwork of the needy vein the flirtish forms to coarse materials lent and one poor robe through fifty fashions sent
though all within was sad without was mean still twas her wish her comfort to be seen she would to plays on lowest terms resort where once her box was to the bows a court and strange delight to that same house where she joined in the dance all gaiety and glee now with the menials crowding to the wall she'd see not share the pleasures of the ball and with degraded vanity unfold how she too triumphed in the years of old to her poor friends tis now her pride to tell on what a height she stood before she fell at church she points to one tall seat and there we sat she cries when my papa was mayor not quite correct in what she now relates she alters persons and she forges dates and finding memory's weaker help decayed she boldly calls invention to her aid touched by the pity he had felt before for her sir dennis oped the almshouse door with all her faults he said the woman knew how to distinguish had a manner too and as they say she is allied to some indecent station let the creature come here she and blaney meet and take their view of all the pleasures they would still pursue hour after hour they sit and nothing hide of vices past their follies are their pride what to the sober and the cool are crimes they boast exulting in those happy times the darkest deeds no indignation raise the purest virtue never wins their praise but still they on their ancient joys dilate still with regret departed glory state and mourn their grievous fall and curse their rigorous fate End of chapter fifteen